Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Don here from Romance Happy Hour with Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Hello. Texas. Dylan. Oh, there's people. I see people. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Hi, people. All right. We are here with Barbara. She's the the one up there in the cool little uh, cabin. And oh, um, Abigail Star. my cabin. I got cool stuff over the doors. Um, <laughs> full art and stuff. Right, I'm just uh, in my kitchen. Yeah. Huh? Dylan, what are you working on today or this week? Um, I have not been doing much of anything this week because we're going on a spring break and we're visiting my mom in Denton, Texas. So I have been to, let's see, the Pioneer Woman's Mercantile in Pawhuska, Oklahoma on the way down. And um, today I was at the Silos in Waco, um, shipping Joanna Gaines. Oh, I'm so jealous. Did you run into anybody famous? No, Why? I know I was for, well, you know what? That's not true. I got to sit on a couch and pet Walter, the uh, Basset Hound when I was in um, Oklahoma. So oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll post a picture of that when I can find him. We've been taking so many pictures and I have had um, baby back the pig with me. She's in the car right now. She's still riding shotgun. Um, but if you've been following my Instagram or Facebook stories, I've been posting pictures of baby back the pigs adventures on our Texas road trip. So nice. I think yeah, I got her in a, <laughs> we got her in a field of blue bonnets yesterday. So that was, that was on my bucket list. I wanted oh, to get a picture. With a picture. Oh, they're so gorgeous. Yeah. So we've been having fun. I'm ready to go home though. I'm re- I feel weird. I'm ready to get back to work. I like today. I, I didn't even take my computer when we went to Waco. We spent the night down there and um, it just felt weird. It's like, I'm, I'm ready yeah. to get back to work. <laughs> so, but you're chilling. You good. It's good to have a vacation and, and, and uh, it is. Yep. Deep brain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a 40, 40 degree difference. So, yeah. you know, oh, wow. my kids, my daughter brought one pair of leggings and a pair of sweats and she's like, mom, I need shorts. <laughs> so, Can I live in Florida? <laughs> you did not mention that. No. Um, Barb knows what I'm talking about though. Cause she, oh, she's I been, do. That's why I mean. been a snow tuck. Yeah. I love it. Cause I just can't do the winter. Yep. So it's nice to to get some sunshine. Although we got sunburned the first day we were here, we were ATVing, which my son loved. Um, I'm the only one that got injured. Um, <laughs> oh, he he tossed me off the back. He he went to climb like a 70 degree hill, and he's 10, and I just kind of fell off in slow motion, and oh, no. <laughs> it was really ugly. My sister almost fell off because she was laughing so hard. But we're having a good time. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm like laughing internally, trying not to laugh. I, I have, I won't show you my scab. I have a, like my elbow is all banged up. <laughs> That's funny. It, it felt much better after a couple margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> Everything feels better after a couple margaritas. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I am um, almost done writing my book 
that I've been working on. I've got one Yay. more chapter left, so I'll be done tomorrow. Okay, and I'll be doing that between rounds of strep throat and flu mm. and colds, and I got two sick ones upstairs again. Um, you guys had scarlet fever too, didn't you? Did yeah. Yeah, we uh -huh. just got over a scarlet fever last week, and then this week we started with just regular colds, fevers, and um, so. But luckily, they've been knocking them down, so I've been able to get words in while they're taking naps. Holy cow! <laughs> so um, next week I'll be starting on book two in a boot camp series that I'm I'm releasing this year this summer. Um, so. June 23rd, it'll be in a freebie box set. I'll be releasing it for sale before that. So it'll be a rapid release for these three books. And I'm very excited. They're Coast Guard books. If if Catherine's on there, I don't know if she's on there. Catherine, <laughs> she's my coasty girl. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm, get, I'm getting the release plan for those. And we'll be having a cover reveal soon for those. And I'm very excited about my cover reveals because I got some really fun plans and I'm going to be giving away three things, uh, probably on here, I would think, and then letting the readers reveal my cover for me. Maybe oh, live. I don't know. Maybe I'll hijack a live and have them hop on here for me. I'm not sure yet. I'm still planning it out. What about you, Abigail? So you live in Florida? I live in Florida. It's um, about 60 degrees here today. It's a little on the chilly side, you know, but I'll, I'll deal with that. <laughs> Bundle up. Yeah. Um, I'm working on the second book in my Just Add Peaches series. The first one releases June 20th. Uh, it's available for pre-sale now. So this was a very good timing for me to uh, come on your, your podcast. Uh, and it's the first time I'm self-publishing. So I'm a little nervous, but oh, I'm fun. super excited about it. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Barbara, what are you, you're, you're working on your series, you said? Well, I, I just started a brand new um, fantasy. It's post-apocalyptic, but not dystopian. New adult, young adult um, with a Celtic flavor series, Fun. which is uh, different for me because I've been writing a romance for adults yeah. for a long time. But it's fun. I've got um, maybe 15,000 words left to go on the first oh, nice. one. Nice. nice. Yeah. So, and so I'm in Tennessee. Um, I spend part of the year here and part of the year in Minnesota. The nice part of the year in Minnesota. <laughs> and, um, I just I sold, I sold my cabin because I'm a grandma now and I want to be with my grandbaby because I never got to know my grandparents when I was growing up. So. That's what's going on with me. Didn't say anything. All right, so I am drinking the lemon drop. Oh, now you tell me. Can I go get myself a glass of wine? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Right. So I, I've decided that since we're we're um doing colds here, you know, rounds of the cold and stuff, that I was actually fought when I was down yesterday. So I'm like, you know what? Dylan said this is for colds. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. Alcohol kills germs. There we go. All right. So tomorrow I'll be 100%. I'm going to go wild and crazy and get some water. Oh, That's my favorite. We don't discriminate against any kind of liquid. We're. <laughs> yes. And so, we're dehydration. 
before we start, I do want to hijack it real quick. And, and I'm, I shouldn't be doing this, but I've had a couple sips of my drink, so. Oh my gosh, Don, here we go. I'm in, I've been doing this like tumbler and like wine glass epoxy thing, right? So I made me and Dylan cups to drink on, drink with. So this is mine that I made. Cool. Oh, very cool. That's mine. That's the chapter of my first pop so cool. My Where's mine? So yeah, I, I glittered it. It's glitter. Oh, cool. And that's a, a book from my, that's actual chapter one of my book. That's fantastic. And then here's Miss Dylan's. I was going to say, I am drinking out of a clear wine glass right now. Yours oh, is cool. in a chapter one of, uh, oh, of um, All American Cowboy. Nice. And some rhinestones. So I was going to send it to you and, and we were going to drink from it today. But then, then I remembered you were going on your trip. And then I just got antsy. And if you heard my daughter in the background, she snuck down here and brought me the wine glasses. So are you in Minnesota, Don? No, I'm in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. And you're in Texas and you're in Florida and I'm in Tennessee. <laughs> We're just like all over the place. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We just need somebody from the West Coast and, and we'll have all four corners covered. Right. <laughs> no, have we ever had anybody from the West Coast? Yeah. Yeah, we have. Well, Christina is in, um, well, she's in Colorado. Colorado. Um, That's the well, she's mountain. Jody is, um, she's West Coast, Canada. Canada. Ooh. Yeah, the West Coast. No, we've had people from West, the West okay. Coast. All right. So, Barbara, are you ready to woo us with your chapter? Your I chapter? am. Okay, so this is the book that I'm going to be reading from. It's called Tangled in Time. Okay. It's a Celtic fantasy time travel set in Ireland, one of my favorite places to go. And I chose this book because for the entire month of April, it will be on sale for 99 cents, um, Kindle edition US. And also, if you don't want to shell out 99 cents and you've got an Amazon Prime account, you can read it for free through your Prime account. So, oh, and I wanted to talk about my giveaway. Do I have a second to do that? I have um, yes. on my on my website, which is really hard to remember, www.barbaralongley.com. There's a contest page, and every month I give something different away. And this month I'm giving giving away uh, three Kindle editions of Heart of the Druid Lair to three lucky winners, and they also get a ten dollar um, gift card for Amazon. So, and then next month, if you don't want to enter this month, you can enter next month. I'm giving away a $25 gift certificate for Amazon and a signed paperback copy of Far From Perfect. Um, signing up for the contest does, you put, does put you on my newsletter list, but I will not be offended if you just delete it and enter the contest to get the books and the gifts. That's, that's cool with me. All right. So, um, Opening up, okay, chapter one. I'm gonna step my timer if that's okay with you guys. All right, here we go, 10 minutes. Chapter one, present day, County Meath, Ireland. Oh, and just, just made my whole thing wonky. 
Reagan couldn't see the passage tomb in the pre-dawn darkness, yet every single internal here be spirits antenna within her stood on end. And the closer she got, the more those antenna boogied. Newgrange, AKA Bruna Boina, was like Mecca to beings not of this world, not to mention a central hub for magic. She'd sensed the powerful vibrations the day before while visiting the ancient tourist attraction what she'd sensed had compelled her to come back to take a closer, more private look. If she could tap into the energy here, perhaps she'd figure out how to harness the, a portion. Maybe then she'd be able to use the magic to shut out the ghosts once and for all. That was her hope anyway, and the driving force behind her trip to Ireland. Legend had it, her family's giftedness sprang from the Fae a boon bestowed upon an Irish ancestor in their distant past. She wished she could give the gift of sight back to that ancestor or at least learn how to close herself off from it. If you want to shut off the flow, you have to find the source, she muttered to herself. So here she was in County Meath, schlepping through dew-covered pastures, about to trespass on a national historic site. The rolled yoga mat hanging from the strap over her shoulder swayed to the rhythm of her strides. Her shoes and the bottoms of her leggings were sopping wet. Reagan trekked on, her, her blood humming in concert to Bruna Boyna's pulse. She paused as the dim outline of the wooden shack she'd been looking for took shape in her flashlight's beam. The kiosk-like structure stood at the base of the large hill. This was where visitors purchased postcard photos of the interior of Newgrange while waiting for the park shuttles to take them back to the visitor center. Focusing on getting through a patch of brambles without tearing her clothes, Reagan aimed for the low wooden fence she needed to climb to get onto the grounds. What would happen if someone caught her trespassing? She went a little breathless at the thought. Would the Irish police, the Garda, come take her away? Just as the first blush of dawn crested the eastern horizon, Reagan made it to the top of the hill. A large flat stone guarding the entrance to the tomb came into view. The spiral glyphs etched into the surface were only dimly visible. She reached out and traced one of the coils and a tingle ran up her arm, coursed along her nerves throughout her entire body and raised goosebumps in its wake. The view from the top of the hill was incredible. Miles and miles of green rolling hills in every direction and the river Boyne meandering in a winding path through the lush landscape. The verdant surroundings carried the sweet scent of growing things and spring blossoms. Birds had begun to stir, singing their own trilled version to the sun salutation. Reagan took a few steps back and dropped her things. She tucked the flashlight into her day pack before unrolling her mat on a relatively flat stretch of grass. After towing off her shoes, she settled on the mat in a half lotus seated position and closed her eyes, Sorry, adjusting her position until she found her center of gravity, hands on her thighs, palms up, thumbs and pointer fingers touching, she stilled. Immediately, all kinds of ghostly whispers and pleas intruded, distracting her. Some were unintelligible, ancient languages she didn't recognize. Others came through clear as day with the same old familiar refrain, help me, where am I? And of course, I want to go home. 
She mentally brushed them aside like so many cobwebs in the corners of her mind. I'm ignoring you all, she called out, so you may as well quiet down. Reagan narrowed her throat for Ujjaya Pranayama, the breath of victory, the inner sound, her breathing, like ocean waves helped her focus. Concentrating, she opened her mind to the magic surrounding her. According to everything she'd read, practitioners could use magic to repel unwanted energies. Some were able to mask their presence with a spell, hiding from dead people and their bereaved families would work. If she couldn't divest herself of her abilities, at least she'd have a shield. Thoughts flitted around for a few minutes, but at least they were hers and no longer ghostly. She simply observed them until her inner self quieted, reaching for the powerful vibrations she waited and waited some more. Reagan meditated as hard as she could, inviting the magic in. The minutes ticked by, at least 40 of them, and nothing happened. No flow, not even a trickle or a drip seeped into her. Magic all around and she couldn't touch it. So this was not the way magic worked or she lacked what it took to call that kind of power to her. Disappointed, she heaved a sigh and rose to standing. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit, if that's okay. Um, and so she's going to do yoga now. Facing east, she brought her hands together over her heart and began her salutation. With hands folded in prayer, I faced the sun, feeling love and joy in my heart. She moved into the first asan. Flowing into the second pose, she continued her prayer. I reach out and let the sun fill me with warmth. I bow before the sun's radiance and place my face to the ground in humility and respect. By the time Reagan had completed four sets of the sun salutation, the burning orb had risen in a blaze of orange and pink against an azure background. She switched to Ashtanga yoga and moved through the more challenging poses. Inhale, move into the posture, exhale and hold. What is the daft lassie doing then? A very male voice said from behind her. A burst of adrenaline wrecked her meditative state. She drew in lo a long cleansing breath, letting it out slowly through her nose. He had to be a ghost because she would have heard a fellow trespasser approach. Until you interrupted her, the daft lassie was doing Ashtanga yoga, she said, coming out of her pose. So much for ending her practice with another brief meditative effort to grasp hold of the magic here. So much for shedding, shutting out the dead. Since birth, it had been deeply ingrained in her by her family that her gifts were meant to be shared. She'd been born to guide confused spirits to the light, offer the bereaved some closure, and chase away beings who had no business messing with humans. Whether she wanted to or not, interacting with the spirit world was her lot in life. Doing so took a lot out of her and it left her empty. It wasn't always the dead who stole her energy, though their proximity chilled and exhausted her. Sometimes it was their needy grieving relatives who drained her the most. The living didn't always want to let go. And they were persistent with their demands for her help. The worst part though was the effect her abilities had on her social life. Communing with the dead and otherworldly often repulsed potential love interests among the living. You hear me? Apparently. Grand. Do the thing where you balanced on one foot, arch your back like a bow, and touch your, touch your toes to the back of your head again, if you please. Only face me this time. Liked that when I did, he said. Twas quite provocative. 
Ghosts remembered lust and sex, though they no longer experienced the physical sensations. Annoyed, she turned to scowl at him, only to gape instead. As far as ghosts went, this man was one fine-looking apparition. Lean and fit, he stood maybe five foot ten. He wore his long auburn hair in numerous braids held back in a knot, bound with strips of le leather. The original man bun? His features were strong and angular, broad forehead, long straight nose, flaring slightly at the nostrils, high cheekbones, and a wide expressive mouth over a tapered chin. Though she was fair, though he was fair and freckled, his eyes were a deep rich brown and they were filled with keen intelligence. He must have been quite strong in life to be this vi vivid in death. He was the most colorful spirit she'd ever encountered. He looked almost corporeal. She eyed his coarse linen shirt worn under a vest made of some kind of sleek fur. Um, seal? A green woolen cloak rested over his shoulders, held in place with a gold brooch of Celtic knots with a crouched wolf effigy in the center. Suede leggings fit him snugly, and the soft leather shoes he wore resembled moccasins. He reminded her of the ancient Roman descriptions she'd read of Celtic warriors and the pictures of equally ancient rock and wood carvings she'd studied in books. Standing a bit straighter under her perusal, he cocked his head slightly. What might you be called, Alan? Ah, he just called her a beauty, and he'd said it with such an enticing Irish lilt, too. Reagan McCarthy and you? Phelan of Clan Boskna, at your service, he said with a bow. Phelan means wolf. Oh, that's it. Oh, it was so good. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I'm on, okay, there we go. I was afraid I was going to run out of time, which which is why I skipped a few paragraphs, because I just wanted to get to meeting Phelan. Yeah. Oh, it was good. Thank you. So I had a question and then it went away. I should have written it down while I was Oh, should I check this little orange box here? No, it, it's no. okay. Uh, it's, it, if it's oh, where'd Dawn go? There she is. I'm still here, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah I really enjoyed listening to that. It was really good. It was. Thank you. I'm sorry I didn't get to the Irish part. I took um, I took Galgo, which is what they call the Irish language. I took that for 18 months before I wrote this book. Really? I really wanted a chance wow. to talk in um, the Galgo when when she says she understands him, and then he asks her in Irish, "You have the Irish?" And she says, "Oh, a little." And you know, I I, I remember a few things, but that's really cool. That's way awesome. Yeah. The only thing I can remember how to say in Irish today is which is my, it's a beautiful day. Thank God. <laughs> it sounded super impressive. Yeah. In Ireland, they, they end everything with a benediction. It's, re it's really interesting. In English and in, in Gaelga, everything has to have a little thank God or, you know, yeah. some kind of little gratitude thing at the end. It's really interesting. So um, did you start writing, wanting to write um, this in this genre? Um, the first, my first book that, well, the first real book that I wrote is a Scottish time travel. 
Um, so I've always been interested in, you know, the Scottish and the Irish are closely related because it was it was the Irish tribes that migrated to Scotland. They were members of the Scotty tribe and they displaced the Picts. And that's why Scotland is called Scotland because of the Scotty tribe. So their languages are, are very close and their cultures are are very similar. And I've always had a fascination for Celtic, my, my Celtic heritage and... Um, the myths and the legends and and I like fantasy because you can make stuff up and nobody can call you on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I I'm Scottish too. Ish, yeah. Well, I'm actually related or a descendant of Robert the Bruce. Cool. That's Did you happen to see that that show on PBS? Um, they had some actress on there and she'd grown up really, really poor and they did her her whole family history and they traced her to Robert the Bruce too. Yeah. I can't, I'll I can't have to look it up because that means we're related somewhere. <laughs> now my dad's really big into genealogy and um, he shared this thing with me and I love going because I'm actually related um, to Pocahontas's cousin as well. Cool. And the one who went with Pocahontas to England. Um, and so she's like my grandmother somewhere. And then um, she married Delaware, who's a captain, and he's actually the what Delaware is named after is this oh. Captain Delaware. Oh, wow. there. The only claim to fame that I have is that I had my DNA done through 23andMe, and they sent me a notice and said that I had 320 Neanderthal <laughs> variations, which is more than 97% of the population. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, I did my husband's too, and um, he is descendant of Viking kings. So if you know, wow. will be like, yeah, I'm always, I always call him my Viking king even before I knew that. So now he's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't think I have any kings or anything like that, but we do have a an outlaw in our family tree. He was not a very nice person at all. Um, shot and killed thirty two people. Oh no! In Texas, Wild Bill Longley. Wow! And uh, he was hanged twice. That's still cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, my a villain, but it's way cool. Yeah, and there's a ranch in um, Texas, not far from Waco, I think. Um, Three thousand acres, really? the Longley Ranch. Nice. So, a branch of my family is still down there. Um, you should have told me that yesterday when I was in <laughs> Waco. Should have gone found it. Sorry. Um, according to my cousin, it's out in the middle of nowhere, and you have to drive 87 miles to get gas. <laughs> um, they they used to have they used to keep a gas tank on the ranch, um, but okay. not anymore because um, her dad is in his 70s. Her dad and mom are both in their 70s, so they don't ranch anymore. They let other people ranch there, but it's still owned by the Longley family. So she and I are related because the Wild Bill Longley, there were 11 kids in their family, and one of them was her great-great-great-grandfather, and the other one was my great-great-great-grandfather. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, Barbara, Linda says, do you like yeah. Outlander? And Jess also says she knows about, is it Will Bill? Wild Bill? What? Wild Bill Longley. Wild yeah. Bill Longley. She knows yeah. that story. Um, Outlander, I, I, I read it years ago and, um, you know, I know the fans of Outlander are just really fierce. 
I love Outlander. Okay, you know what? I really like the first book, but honestly, I, it's it's okay. I'm going to be honest here. Um, life can be crap sometimes, and when I spend money for entertainment, I want I want to laugh. Yeah. And I want to feel good. And there were a lot of dark and gritty things in Outlander. Yeah. Um, what I write, I, like my, I've got a four book series, the novels of Lac Moy, and they're time travel historicals. But I don't compare them to Outlander at all, although other people do. The only things they have in common are set in Scotland and time travel. But um, I guess I would characterize mine as a more outlander light. I mean, there are action and adventure and dark moments, but there is also a lot of humor. I mean, because think about it, 20th century woman goes back to 1423 Scotland and she comes with her jargon, you know, and trying to communicate with, with people. And, and by the end of the book, she has them saying things like, okay, and um, she kept telling the hero throughout the book, you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. And at one point, they start to have an argument. And he goes, okay, okay, I know. I'm not the boss of me. And, you know, just funny things like that. Um, because there are going to be language differences. Like like um, in the second book, at one point, um, the hero tells the heroine something. And she goes, get out. And he's like so offended and he stands up and he says, well, if you insist and he starts to leave, you know, and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> those kinds of things don't, don't um, translate well. So. Right. Yeah. So Dylan, say something. Can you say something? Okay. So we're having some technical difficulties with Dylan. I'll pop her out and back in. Oh, Sorry. That's okay. Can you hear us now, Dylan? Or can um, you hear me? I guess I'm the only person she can't hear. Can you hear? Can you hear me, Dylan? Yes. There. Okay. Now I can hear you. Can okay. you hear, ask her if she can hear me. Can you hear Dawn? Nope. Are you serious? <laughs> Weird. We can't have fun if you well, we'll have to work through an interpreter tonight. So <laughs> yeah. we just relay everything, one of you. <laughs> No, yeah. when um when Abby goes on to read, I'll hop out and and try to log back in and see if that fixes it. That's okay. weird, but I can hear so. you now. Just so okay. You know. All right. So, um, Linda says she's never seen me so quiet. That's not even <laughs> funny, Linda. <laughs> They're hilarious, and I wanted to admit that I have now seen some of the Outlander series. I, I like I like one of the rare person that didn't. I always like the series. I like the TV series better than the book because I think there's more character development or something. I don't know what it is, but like no, I, I, the books are first person. So when you have the TV series, you get both points of view. And that could well, be yeah, that's I always write in more than one point of view. So that that's that has something to do with it. But with like um Game of Thrones, I tried to read those books, just couldn't. All of my favorite people got killed. <laughs> you know, and then but I I love the TV series because it's pro you're probably right. It's because you do get those other points of view. Yeah, um, I, I think they get more in depth and it's more emotional. I don't know, but I, I love the series. I, I'm not crazy about the books. They did a pretty good job really? of 
books. I, I mean, obviously it diverged in some places, but I was quite pleased. A lot of times when you have TV series, they like, like True Blood, they go off the rails and you're like- Oh yeah, they went way off the rails with that. And that's a shame because I loved those books. Oh yeah, me too. I asked my sister if she'd watch the show and she's big into that kind of stuff. And, and she's like, no, never. And then I, and she, I said, well, have you read the book? She's like, there's a book. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, there's a book. She's like, I'm going to get the book. Like she'd rather read the book. than Was that Game of Thrones or Outlander? Outlander. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don, I can hear you now. Uh, I see. I and then back in. So I was hoping one of those would work. Don't you were the problem child, not me I this time. I was the problem. <laughs> I'm a troublemaker. Just Dylan, I want to know about that bed behind you. When was that made? <laughs> um, it's actually here. It it's like a a whole like fake canopy thing. Um, oh. It's a reproduction. Oh, so my mom, and, my mom and dad owned a bed and breakfast in New Ulm, Minnesota. Um, and this was from one of the guest rooms. And now she, when my dad passed, she moved to Denton. And now she lives in a, a two bedroom. But she brought one of the bed sets with her. So. Well, that was a good one to bring. It's really cool. But yeah, it's, it it's more it's like fancy. I don't know if you can see it. Century. Ooh, look at that. How fancy. I love that. that fancy. It is. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah, gonna, this was, um, oh, I'm gonna have go ahead. To, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna have to have you critique my book that I'm that I'm getting done because it's a bed and breakfast. My yeah. I will gladly. <laughs> I know I was um, I was proposing a, a new idea and my mom was like, Why don't you write a romance about a bed and breakfast? And I said, Because there are a lot of them already, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> She's like but but I used to help her all the time, and it was always so much fun, though, when my dad, my mom would go out of town a lot and leave my dad there, and he ended up with, um, like, eight women coming for a ladies' weekend one time. <laughs> hey, so, should I be looking at the comments over here? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah, Jess, I was going to say that after Dylan was done. Wants to I'm know sorry, her. yes. Oh. Is there a mirror? Had to ask. Oh, no mirror. That, above um, the bed, Linda? Is she talking oh, about above yeah. the bed? No, no there is no mirror on the ceiling in this bedroom, Linda. <laughs> that was just, oh no, that was Linda, okay. No one has written it your way. Oh, that's true, doesn't matter. Um, have you ever heard that saying, you know, there are no, no new ideas under the sun? So yes. you could write a bed and breakfast and she could write a bed and breakfast and they'd be totally different. Yeah, well my bed and breakfast, isn't she's actually just building it? She bought a lighthouse. Oh, and okay. Restoring oh, it from a bed and breakfast, and the, her opening day is the end of the book. So it's ah. more. Like, I need to know about the permits and the inspection behind the scenes. Answering these questions. Yeah. So Jess wants to know if we're self, if you're self-published or traditionally. Um, I'm traditionally published, except for I just put out my first self-published book, which is called What Matters Most. But I, I mostly did it because it was the third book of a three-book series, and my publisher didn't want didn't want to pick up the third book. Um, who was your publisher? Motlake Romance. Oh, I love Motlake. And um, Karen Hoffman says, "Ha ha, okay." 
<laughs> I wish for a novel romance. I'm not sure what that means. Hi. Hi. So I was also traditionally published. Um, and the one I'm reading from tonight is my first self-published book. Also, China Magnolias. And it takes place in a bed and breakfast. <laughs> I, I almost think to, um, to survive in this industry today, you have to be hybrid. Yeah. Yep. You have to look at every avenue because it's just crazy out there. Yeah. I, I moved to hybrid too. This one I'm finishing tomorrow is going to um, on submission with my agent. But then my series that I'm writing books two and three this next month is um, going self-pub this summer. So, so who's your agent? Do you mind me asking? Uh, Dylan and I are with Jessica Waterson. Oh, okay. Yep. We're Jess's We're girls. Agency sisters. Agency. Oh, that's nice. Is that how you met? Yeah. Well, no. Yes. Well, no. No. We met We met before that through, um, it was like Twitter contests and yeah. pitch parties and stuff yeah. like that. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. And then we just ended up with the same agent. We were already chatting. Mm -hmm. So, and that then. Nice. And then we're just awesome. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're awesome together. Cause yeah. she's oh, oh, right. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought there was one more question. Oh, you know what? We need to say happy birthday to Karen because she wasn't sure if she was going to be on tonight oh, watching yeah. it. Happy birthday, Karen. Oh, happy birthday, Karen. And then, yeah, I think. I think we we're get, caught up on questions. Yeah, yeah, we need to get Abigail going, reading to us her yes. amazing books. Did, did she not ask you to call her Abby, Dawn? Abby. Abby. Yeah. I, either one is fine. It's all good. Abby. Abigail's just such a mouthful. I'm teasing. <laughs> My job is to give Dawn crap. That is the only reason yeah. I'm on here, so I take it seriously. And, I, and the I readers love it. I mean, they, the, the, <laughs> they love it. It's because I'm really Nancy. good at it. No, just kidding. Oh, I see, I see uh, Nancy Holland. Hi, Nancy. Did Nancy Hi. pop on here? Hi, Nancy. Yeah, as a, Hi, Nancy. She reacted. All right, Miss Ab Abby. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to be reading from my, my novel. Is going to, it's available for pre-order now, and it releases June 20th. It's called Moonshine and Magnolias. And there's my lovely cover. I adore it so much. And I'm just going to start with chapter one. Rob Upshaw's list of life goals had never, I've got to take off my glasses. Wait. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> Rob Upshaw's list of life goals had never included larceny. Recovering the Romanoff jewels, sure. Finding Excalibur and meeting King Arthur, definitely. Tracking down a hidden treasure and break a mythical family curse, no. And I'm also going to set my timer. Hold on one second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. The covered entrance of the inn at Fountainoy Hall shaded the large wooden doors that loomed in front of him. He unwrapped an antacid from his dwindling supply and popped it into his mouth. The blast of air conditioning coming from the lobby was a nice rush after bathing in Georgia's late spring heat. Clacking metal sounds and the thud of heavy fabric filled the space as several people lay a runner on the hardwood floor, while others unfolded chairs and lined them along the walls. Aside from a curious look when he had opened the door, no one spared him another glance. Rob weaved through the activity, past the grand staircase, to the registration desk. A ceramic pot of peace lilies sat on the floor in front of it, 
with a man in dark pants and a gray shirt standing behind. He arranged the bouquets of peach-colored flowers, tiny roses, and lots of greenery. Excuse me, Rob said. The man raised his eyes from the vase and gave him a quick once-over. Kitchen, he said, pointing to the door to his right, barely missing a wicker basket on the counter next to him. We're all helping out here today, and whoever you need is going to be in there. I'm Rob Upshaw. I have a reservation. He would have lifted his suitcase's proof, but he had left it in the car while his brother went to cross off yet another lead from their list. Hello, Rob Upshaw. Miss Marsh was fixing to flip out last I saw her half an hour ago. Kept asking if you was here. Rob reached into his wallet to get his credit card. I think you have me confused with someone else. Take this with you and give it to Miss Eula Lee if Miss Marsh isn't there. The man handed him the towel-covered basket as if Rob hadn't said a word. He inhaled the heavy scent of meat. Once you go through the door, follow the hallway and the smell of cooking. Rob opened his mouth to ask why the unconventional location to check into the inn and why, he lifted the cloth, he was now carrying a ham. Go on now, there's lots to do this morning and it's already been a doozy. The man shook his head and turned his attention back to the flowers. The somber mood of the room reflected the man's words. There was barely any talking between the workers. Rob followed the directions to the kitchen. He passed another hallway with a door that led outside and a large open room that he knew from researching the inn had served as a ballroom. The sight of the beautiful antique furniture tickled his professional curiosity, but he pressed onward. Other rooms branched off from the hallway, but Rob continued until the scent of fried chicken and the tang of vinegar drew him through the dining room to the kitchen. It was enough to make his stomach growl, even though he and Hal had stopped to eat only a half hour ago on their way up from Florida. Two women looked up at him when he swung through the double doors. Where's Sarah? The older one asked. She served something hot and seamy on the large six burner stove her white hair tied up neatly in a bun and an apron protecting her plain gray clothes. Did she send you instead? The gentleman in the lobby told me to come in here and bring this to you. He held up the basket. Is one of you Miss Marsh or Miss Eulalie? I'm Eulalie. That there's Leslie March, but I'm thinking you mean her daughter. She'll be along soon enough. The older woman pointed her spoon to the side of the massive refrigerator. Put that with the other one on the counter, then go put on an apron and take over for me. Don't want to get these nice clothes all dirty. These women seemed to think he was an extra pair of kitchen hands. That could be beneficial for his purpose in coming to the inn. It didn't matter if he checked in now or in a few hours, and working with them could start a rapport that might help later. Hints left by his uncle in the 100-year-old journals had led him and his brother to Fountainoy Hall. Uncle Lewis had been tracking down illegal moonshine and stumbled upon some allegedly cursed treasure. Since there were no more journals to follow, the curse of the angel's eyes would continue to torment the Upshaw family unless they found the secret cache of Confederate gold or jewels or whatever the hoard contained. According to family lore, anyway. Rob didn't believe a word of it. What's your name, honey? Leslie asked. Rob Upshaw. He crossed the room and placed the basket next to its nearly identical twin, that one overflowing with chocolate muffins instead of ham. The aprons hung on a peg near a recessed room, so he snagged one, then washed his hands. Here you go, Mr. Rob Upshaw. Eulalie handed him the utensil. I'll be right here rolling out the biscuit dough, but you shouldn't have any problem. Yes, ma'am. He took the wooden spoon and Eulalie nodded approval. It would have been pretentious to say he should be called Dr. Upshaw. She'd probably be disappointed when, he, when she learned he was a PhD in history 
and not a neurosurgeon or something equally sexy. He stirred the boiling water. Little beady eyes stared up at him and he jerked back. She peered into the pot with a grin. Don't tell me you're afraid of a little crawfish. No, ma'am. <laughs> now that he knew what they were, the critters danced around like a tortured synchronized swim team with each swish of the spoon. The tang of alcohol and a sweet sugary aroma filled the large area and battled with the scent of frying. A closed nondescript amber bottle sat on the counter next to the stovetop and he picked it up. The label read Bell's Medicinal Brewery, not a, band, not a brand he knew. He looked around to find the source of the smell. Leslie stood by the island chopping vegetables and glanced over at him. Peach whiskey bread pudding, she said, nodding toward the oven. She was about half the age of the other woman, but her dowdy shirt and the downward curve of her lips made her seem older. We really appreciate your coming to help out on such short notice. Did my daughter send you back here? She'd be the one carrying a tablet or a clipboard. No, ma'am, I didn't see her. Just people lining up folding chairs. Correcting his mistaken identity would destroy the homey kitchen scene. Rob hadn't had many opportunities to save her. Is she the one in charge? The women exchanged glances. The younger one with the vegetables nodded. Yes, Wendy's the one in charge. Yuli studied the contents of the large stock pot bubbling in front of him. Give them one more minute, honey, then drain them. After they cool, they need to be peeled and then tossed with a little bit of lemon before going into the salad. Peeled? He swallowed around the disgust lodge in his throat. Just like Maybelle liked them, Miss Eulalie's words caught in her throat and she stacked pots and pans next to the three compartment sink against the far wall. Maybelle, Maybelle. The name clicked with Rob as he located a couple of hot mitts and lifted the pot off the stove. She's the one who assisted with his reservation. The older woman sighed, her body folding in on itself as she traced the countertop with her worn hand. You never met her, but ask your boss about her. They got along just fine, right, Les? She turned to the woman chopping vegetables. It's so strange without her. She would have loved the fuss, having everyone here in the kitchen, preparing a meal to share with her friends. Leslie sniffed and walked over to Miss Eulalie, who held her tight. As he dumped the crawfish into a colander, the back door creeped open. A woman appeared through the mist of steam with a phone tucked between her ear and her shoulder, a tablet stuck under her arm, and carrying a disposable aluminum tray filled with white and red lumps. Her angled face showed off high cheekbones and a frank gaze that narrowed on him. You need anything else? She said into her phone. She went past the women and slid the food next to the baskets. Okay, thanks. Like the others, her clothes were dark. Her black hair was tied in a neat bun at the nape of her neck. Everything from her quick movements to the pencil tucked behind her ear spoke of efficiency. Her eyes softened as she took in the scene, but paused as if unsure of her welcome. Is that Mrs. Golilly's potato salad? Miss Eulalie extended her arm to include the newcomer. It was always your grandma's favorite. Realization choked Rob as it fell into place. The identical pangs of misery on their faces, the chairs lining the lobby, the somber clothes and the mounds of food. Oh God, he was crashing awake. The unfamiliar man looming by the sink bore little resemblance to the sous chef grandma and Aunt Eulalie usually hired when they needed additional help. For one thing, those broad shoulders were way too small to masquerade as Sarah's. For another, he handled the boiling crawfish like a man whose only forays into the kitchen had involved burnt scrambled eggs and instant coffee. Third, Sarah just called to say she was running late. And fourth, when his, hazel, when his intent hazel eyes focused on her, a rush of awareness took over her body. Awareness of his thick brows and the scruff that covered his jaw. Awareness of the heat that settled in her stomach. 
awareness that she better stop looking at him before she did something out of character and monumentally stupid. She closed her eyes, letting her mom stroke her shoulders. Wetness gathered behind her lids and she inhaled a slow, shuddering breath. Tears and sorrow could come later if she let them. For now, she'd accept the pang of discomfort in her chest. And if her hands shook a little, she could blame the caffeine overdose. Visits were starting in two hours and there was too much to do to get caught up in her feelings. She eased out from the embrace, then prepared herself to lock eyes with the man over the still seeming crawfish. He must have seen the question on her face. I'm Rob. The name tweaked her memory. She brought up her list of things to do on her tablet. Sure enough, under the columns of tasks assigned to her cousin, there was a note to get in touch with incoming guests, explain the situation, and offer to find accommodations. Brandy had, once again, failed to follow through. And that's about 10 minutes. So I will stop. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I'm just curious, is there a treasure? <laughs> I can't tell you. There is a treasure. Okay. Yes. Spoiler alert. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes them the whole book for it, so I can't, like, reveal yeah. what it is, or that would completely be a spoiler, but there's a treasure. There's a treasure in mine, too, but it's not for book one. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> if their names are Wendy and Rob, I'm, I'm that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was interesting. Um, the book originally started as, um, it was called Gone with the Wendy. Oh, funny. Oh, funny. And I had a lot of, like, my, my idea was to have, like, a Scarlett O'Hara um, like do parallels and stuff, but I just wasn't feeling it. And so I turned it into um, moonshine. <laughs> and, but there, are, if you know the story of Gone with the Wind, there are a lot of Easter eggs in there. Like um, uh, Tara, before it was Tara, it was called Fountainoy Hall. So I took that. And then uh, Wendy's last name, Marsh, is actually Margaret Mitchell's last name. She's Margaret Mitchell Marsh. And Rob Upshaw's name is a uh, combination of her two husbands' name. Um, those are the obvious yeah, ones. But yeah. There's just other little things sprinkled in, like a lot of characters' names I got from either Gone with the Wind itself or the people who played the characters in the movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, fun! That is fun. Yeah. Sounds very charming. I had a lot of fun writing it. It's uh, fun and flirty and passionate and yeah. They they uh, you know have their happily ever after so all is right with their world. <laughs> it was cute and I liked the the humor. Thank yeah, you. humor yeah. is important to me in books. I think all stories should yes. include humor. Oh yeah, especially in the tense moments because it's like, you know, you got all that tension and bad things happening around you, and and then to have something humorous is just like human. It took me a really long time to get that first scene done um, and the ending. And I just love when he's like, oh, no, no, this is not happening. This is a win. <laughs> so. He's crashing awake. I thought yeah, that, was that was hysterical. Yeah, I, I'm glad we were muted because I was definitely laughing out loud. Well, I would have liked to have heard the laughter. <laughs> Yeah, I do like to write fun and, and make people laugh while I write. Um, well, not only that, but it was an immediate connection and liked the the hero because he was willing to step in 
and and be the kitchen help, even yeah. though he was the best. I was like, oh, I like that guy. He's a yeah, good guy. It's a piece of work, but Ron's a good guy. <laughs> Have you seen Warehouse 13? You know, I is, was that the movie or am I thinking? No, it's a show on Amazon, I think. But okay. he kind of reminded me of the, the main character in that because he's yeah. like, he's like manly, but also kind of quirky and. <laughs> to me because who wants like the you know alpha everything yeah. you know kind of guy yeah I, I adore Rob of course it's really hard because whatever hero you're writing at the time is your favorite hero yeah. and I'm working yeah. on too so I'm like they're like competing right now Josh is his name and so Josh and Rob like they don't even know they're in this competition but <laughs> it's hard <laughs> You you brought up an interesting point though. It's like alpha males versus beta males. Um, and personally, I've always preferred beta males. Really, I like I like, I like the sweet guy that has he's strong, but he's um, he's sometimes unaware of his strength and he's kind of clueless. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. But oh, yeah. he's definitely not trying to be in charge of everybody, but then he ends up being the person that everybody turns to. And, and being the person that people need. At, at yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, if you really look at the definition of an alpha male, mostly they're kind of jerks. Yeah. Well, see, I love alpha males. And I, I mean, maybe it's because I'm married to one. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I love them. And I just wrote my first beta. And that's another reason I need Dylan to, to for me. hard for you. I don't know if I do good. Like, it depends. Because I write with you, man. Is that why you want no. me to read your life? No, 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 betas no. are not wimpy. I've been betas before. Betas are like, not wimpy. I'm teasing. In charge. <laughs> so you've written betas before. I remember because you were like, I don't really write alpha males. I like betas. No, I don't. I don't. I well, there's a third one is gamma. And interesting. I mean, I've never heard of gamma. I looked it up. There's a gamma. I don't know why he's not a whatever. The C what gamma, like somewhere in the middle. No, yeah. Gamma, so gamma, gamma's like the best of both worlds. Maybe mine's a gamma. gamma is Alpha when he needs to be alpha, but at heart he's a sweet, sensitive, funny, humorous beta guy. Okay, then maybe it's gammas I write because I've never heard of that. Yeah, maybe, yeah maybe mine's a gamma. Because there's a gamma hero. I mean, maybe it was a trend and they've already done away with that term. Like they, you know, had new adult for a while and then took that away. I don't know, but what? the last what? Check, new adult isn't a thing anymore. No, my, I don't know. It depends on who you talk to. I can't keep up. Yeah. So yeah. I, I his, he's like, he's a beta hero when he needs to be, and he's an alpha hero when he yeah. needs to be. So I would yeah. him as a gamma. I just adore him. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. Yes. Back to Abby's book. We kind of <laughs> digress there. Um, yeah, does did. anybody have any questions for Abby or Barbara? I see that so you know, we're getting kind of close on time. Actually, let me say, I, I've got a couple of giveaways going on also. Okay. 
um, a $5 Amazon gift card. And I can't remember what I said to do in order to get it. I think follow me on <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's on our, it's on our, it's on our giveaway post. Okay. Yeah. Our post. And the other thing is um, I'm, I'm involved in an acapella singing group of people who perform at the medieval fair. And we dress in wench clothes and sing naughty songs. And I'm going to ask you about that. <laughs> so if uh, I, I would not recommend listening to the album. It's a digital download. I would not recommend listening to it if you've got kids like between 13 and 17 in the car with you because they will have questions <laughs> or they won't have questions. And that's even worse. <laughs> Me. Yeah, so um, uh, more on the giveaway. So Barbara's giveaway is actually going to take place on her um, website. So we won't be posting her winners, but we will be posting Abigail's winners for you on, on the on the post. And Writer Space um, manages my giveaways. So you enter on my website. They send me who the winners are. So I don't have anything to do with choosing the winter winners. And then I contact them and send them the prizes. I'm yeah. guessing that I choose my winners because you guys aren't going to know who signs up for my stuff, right? Um, if they, they, go ahead, Dylan. Oh, I was just going to say they comment on the post. Oh, okay. So they'll comment on the post if they sign up for um, or do the, whatever the entry is required. If you want or we can do it for you. So, um, yeah, either way. You guys can do it and that way I won't forget. <laughs> We, yes. we normally um, leave the ones for the show open about 48 hours and then we use random number generator. So count up the names and then yeah. just do a random pick. Sounds great. So and if someone uh, bribes you with wine or chocolate, in which case it's all fair game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wine especially. Especially because you have those awesome glasses to drink them out of. Yeah. Well, she has, she's going to double fist it now because I don't have a glass. <laughs> she will. I was I'm feeling I saw you had something similar to this. <laughs> I I do, I do. Although mine is almost gone. So mine is definitely you know it's almost time to wrap up when the wine is almost gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta be prepared. See, now my, my lemon drop teeny is gone. No. Did that have lemon cello in it? Did it what? Lemon cello. How do you make a lemon no. drop? The recipe is on the Facebook, our Facebook page, but Dylan, why don't you tell us what you did? Because I, I didn't add sugar to mine because I can't have sugar, but. Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, you could do a simple syrup too, or, well, I mean, that would be made out of sugar, but that one just had um, vodka, lemon juice, um, triple sec, and a little bit of sugar in it. Oh, that sounds good. Have you ever had limoncello? No. Yes. Yeah, and that is really good also. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Let me tell you, Fair when I'm writing Moonshine and Magnolias, um, there is a, you, uh, you heard me mention Prohibition, and part of my research involved touring a, a whiskey distillery, and gosh darn it, the research we have to do is just awful. <laughs> you do know, I live in the heart of Moonshine. That's awesome. Yes, you do. Um, and whenever anybody, comes, whenever anybody comes down here, I always take them on the moonshine tasting tour in Gatlinburg. Yeah. One of the, the gentlemen who yeah. owns the distillery, uh, like his method or his descendants or something are from, or his, I'm sorry, his ancestors are from Tennessee. Uh, and of we're course. big of course. You know, moonshiners from there. <laughs> 
So my, my brother-in-law uh, works at the Instill Distillery, and uh, it's a new distillery in Clayton, North Carolina. So I was hoping to like get them on board with us. So I'm like, yeah. What happened with that? Yeah, I have free alcohol to all of our viewers. Of yeah. what I remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to take you guys over to my wall here because every time I come, every time I have company. They, we all go into Gatlinburg. You know, we do the um, the moonshine tasting tour because in Gatlinburg, both sides yeah. of the streets, there's right. Old Smoky yeah. Distillery, there's Sugarland, there's, you know, all kinds of them. And um, I have two cases of moonshine wow. against the wall that I, that I have to bring home for people. More people are coming down, and, and I know Tammy, you know Tammy Hughes. Yep. And um, she she has to go get moonshine um, for her and her husband because they've been down here a couple times. And so I will have probably three or four cases of moonshine to bring back. And the oh, new flavor now is pickle. What? Moonshine. Um, is it like drinking pickle juice? Yes, only it's it's alcoholic and there's chunks of pickle in it too. Yeah. I'm just going to be bacon booze, right? It's great in Bloody Mary's, but uh, oh, there's a, a maple and bacon moonshine that's also great in Bloody Mary's. And then I make hillbilly hot toddies, <laughs> and that's um, hot chocolate Ooh. with pecan cream moonshine in it. That's Yum. We should have asked you to do our drink of the week for us. I know. Barb, when are you, when are you coming back to Minnesota? <laughs> uh, middle of April. Okay. Great. It'll still be cold enough for, for hillbilly hot toddies then. Well, I was literally just thinking that, like, right before the thing, right before the broadcast, I was like, we need to do a hot toddy. We got this lemon drop thingy, right? And uh, for colds or whatever. And... But I know hot toddies are for like warming you up in the winter. Or they're for hit. Uh, they're for the best is to have a hillbilly hot toddy and sit in the hot tub with it. <laughs> My that mom has a hot tub. There you go. That sounds good to me. I'm going to have to go there this winter with your hillbilly hot toddy and sit in her hot tub. The <laughs> Bloody Marys are just incredible. I, I don't know. That I sounds really good. good. I'm saying that Barb is going to be having happy hour at her place when she gets back in town. Yeah. You know what? Well, well, I go into town with Tammy to pick up her moonshine. I'm not, I'm not taking anybody on the moonshine tasting tour this trip because <laughs> everybody that is coming has already done it. Um, but we do oh. need to get and get Tammy um, supplied for the coming year. I will definitely get make, make, maple and bacon moonshine again. It sat in a jar for a year, and my whole family is like, well, what do we do with it? That's so funny. What do we do with maple bacon? Put it on a waffle. Apparently you make um, Bloody Marys. Yeah. yeah. And, then, um, and then when I was down here and did the tasting, They've got a bar in the Sugarland Distillery, and you can go on a tour of the distillery. It's really cool. But um, mm -hmm. they had the maple bacon blood Bloody Marys, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is what we do with the bacon maple? That's so like lunch. 
We're a couple of minutes over, but um, just Jerome did have a question for everybody. Just what advice would you give for aspiring self-published authors? Uh, aspiring, if you're if you're already self-published, you're not aspiring. You're published. I don't. I don't. I'm not um, exactly. You mean as far as marketing or finding your audience? Or I'm not a person not published yet, but is planning on self-publishing. Yeah. Oh, do your so homework. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, right, right. Make sure you don't on the editing part. Um, a lot of times, don't edit yourself when you're writing. Just write and worry about it later. Uh, some people outline, I don't. I just kind of vomit up words and then I fix it in the edits. Uh, find people in your area who are writers and hang out with them. Um, I've got people we meet once a week and we just get in a bookstore and we just write. And it's nice if someone has a question, they can just ask at the time. Do you uh, critique for each other too? Because uh, I think getting involved in a critique group really yeah. helps a person's writing. RWA for sure. Yeah. Um, we used to critique also, but some, like I write very slowly uh, or rather I write quickly. I edit very slowly. So it was hard keeping a critique momentum when people don't bring stuff to critique. Yeah. So they still read stuff. Um, like if I say, hey, can you read this? Then it will get read. And same if they want me to read something, I will. But we don't do it formally anymore. But yeah, going to RWA workshops, I learned so much from that. So I, I, Jess, if you're um, R, in RWA, there's lots of people to, and that will do it online. Um, I don't think I have. I move around. My husband's in the military. So um, critiquing, I have to do all online. And yeah. that's one, one way that Dylan and I are good. That was tough that's for me to do, well. but I really enjoy like being able to take my time. Because uh, my critique group, we would read out loud 10 pages. Yeah. And mm -hmm. As they were reading, we would you know, critique it as we were going and then discuss the critiques. It's interesting how different everybody does it. Oh yeah. Um, my my critique partners and I have been working with each other for over a decade. And what we do is we send a chapter or two if you if you can get a chapter done. We meet yeah. every two weeks, you know, and they read and uh, we all use um track changes now. Yep. You know, because I couldn't read Tammy Hughes's writing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, well. handwritten notes. We used to print it out, you know, and she would she would write on it, and I'm like, I have no idea what this says. So now we do it all electronically, plus yes. it's paper and stuff. But then we meet with our laptops and go over everything page by page together. And you learn so much listening to people critiquing someone else. Yeah, you might be doing the same thing and not recognize it, and then when you look at your stuff, you'll be like, oh, oh, I did that. Tammy told me not to. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, it's different now because, um, you know, we're at a different point in our writing than we were when we started out. But when we all started out, we were newbies. Yeah. And, and the things that I read in their work, I would go, you know, oh, I'm doing this too. And it, it's not working. It's not working here. It's not working there. And you do, you just learn so much about your own writing by critiquing others. I see yep. said that she it's hard to, you have a hard time finding people in your area. Yeah. Um, Facebook groups are good also. There are a lot out there for um, writers, authors, probably of all genres. Obviously, I focus on the romance ones because that's what I write. And if you are in RWA, they have um, online chapters that you can be a part of too. 
Also, um, the Wild Rose Press, and I don't know if that's open to everybody, but they do have a thing called the Rose Trellis, and that's kind of a website that you can go to to just get um, critique partners. That's hey, cool. can I can I make a comment to Linda Pantley yeah. Dunn? Mm -hmm. Oh my, um, your Canadian screech. I I I have Canadian relatives in Winnipeg, so I'm there. <laughs> yeah, Linda. Linda, what you promise, promise Linda, because she'll find you. Oh, she will. She's fine. like us. I'm I'm going to yeah. be in, back in Minnesota in mid-April. That's not that far from Canada. Yeah. No. I don't know what part of Canada she lives in, but. She's far. She's far from us. Oh. She's yeah, I don't remember. Well, it's nice to meet yeah. you, Linda. Canadian all right we are about we're about seven minutes over so we're gonna have to say good night here you're quite uh, the taskmaster tonight Don. I, it's way past my bedtime usually i'm in yeah. bed by 8 30 or 9 isn't that embarrassing but then i read i read for an hour or so i got <laughs> i'm sorry i gotta beat you i'm in bed by 7 30. are you really i put my boys to bed and then i have to sit there in order to keep them in bed Oh, sure. So, uh, so I'm in there watching TV. Well, I'm in alone. Midnight. So, yeah. <laughs> Don, how old are your kids? I have a 14 and a 12 year old, and then a four and a five year old. Oh, wow. You know how uh, to space them. I do. I was done, and then I wasn't. And then I had an accident. <laughs> Funny how that happens. <laughs> I just well, became hey, a camera. I was going to say next time we have um, two Lynn's coming on yes. Lynn Crandall and Lynn Spreen. Yeah. So next time. So we'll get um, information up on both of them so that you guys can learn a little bit about them before we, we have our next show. Yeah. All right. Cool. Everybody, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Abby. All right, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> well, first I'm going to take the dog out because, you know. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.